0: Dynasty Podcast presents Dynasty Casts, a live panel discussion with industry experts and innovative creatives. Hosted by Haima Black. No
1: RSVP required.
0: Thank you guys for coming out here tonight. This is an incredible crowd. This is a lot of people here. Um, huge shout out first and foremost to Chicago Athletic Association for hosting us tonight because they are really like, they went above and beyond for having us in this room. So Chicago Athletic Association Hotel, thank you so much. <clears throat> My name is Jaima Black. I'm the host of Dynasty Podcasts. We are the first ever and longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago's history. Um, Even more interesting, way more interesting than that though, um, the reason everybody's here, we have incredible panelists tonight. Our panel tonight is entitled How to Make It in Chicago's Creative Industries, and we have three individuals who can speak on that topic at length, Uh, Austin Vesely directly to my left here. Filmmaker, videographer, worked with incredible talents in the city. Yeah, Hebrew Brantley, artist, painter, like man of many disciplines, needs no introduction. Andrew Barber, founder of Chicago hip-hop blog Fake Shore Drive. I mean, honestly, the the blog that set the tone for all the music sites in the city.
2: Thank you guys for being here, man.
1: Thank you for having us, Hyman.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having us, and thank you to everybody who came out tonight and, you know, took some time out of their night to join us. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah. So tonight, we are going to be talking about really how to make it in Chicago, which, again, the three of you can really speak on. But before we get to that, like, let's kind of get some introduction. I know everybody knows who you guys are, but we always start with this, like, what do you do in the city? How did you get your start? Let's kind of start there.
1: Cool. Um... I make a lot of music videos. Um, That's primarily what I do. Um, The guy I work with the most is a guy called Chance the Rapper. Um, I see a a lot of those three hats in here. So yeah, I've done a lot of his stuff. And then um, I just recently shot my very first feature film. Uh, It's called Slice, also featuring Chance the Rapper. And uh, it'll be out in theaters next year. Very exciting.
3: Um, my name is Hebrew Brantley. I paint stuff, I make stuff with my hands, and um, I'm also a uh, extra actor. so if anyone's looking for you know some work, you know, I just I play atmosphere in most of Austin's projects. So again, if anybody needs a, a very handsome, tall, talented male specimen, I'm your guy. All right.
2: <laughs> True. Uh, Hi, I'm Andrew Barber. My company is Fake Shore Drive. We are going into our 10th year um, as a music blog and now more so a media company covering hip-hop in Chicago and in larger part the Midwest. We have a radio show on Sirius XM Radio that airs every week called The Drive on Shade 45. We play nothing but Midwest music uh, from Midwest DJs. Um, I'm on the Grammys. I'm the secretary of the Chicago chapter of the Grammys, head of the nominating committee, uh, do a number of other things, work with Red Bull and um, a couple other companies. But, you know, just just do concerts, events, parties, a lot of different things. Uh, that's me in a nutshell.
0: So, I mean, like everybody in this room knows, you guys are really doing incredible work. And and really the reason, the, the thought behind this, this panel was that I teach at Columbia College, and something I see a lot is that a lot of young talents, I would hear them say, well, you know, when I'm going to graduate, I'm going to move to New York, I'm going to move to L.A., And those are, of course, great cities with so many cool opportunities, and and I'm not knocking the coast, but you three have really been able to make it happen in Chicago, and that's really what we're going to focus on this hour, is like how you've built successful careers that have moved outside of Chicago while still remaining here without moving to the coast. But let's scale back a little bit. Like When each of you started, how different was the creative culture in Chicago versus where it is now?
1: Um, I've probably been involved with it the shortest, so it's probably... In a way, it's probably seen the least change since I've been involved, but it's also been a massive change because um, I guess I came in right around the time that uh, it was like drills started taking off and then right on the heels of that kind of like acid rap came out and that kind of became a national hit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you guys start there. Um, as far as the, the music scene or
2: you know the hip-hop scene as we know it, uh, when I started Fake Shore Drive nine years ten years ago, there was a scene here, and it was a, it was a pretty fresh scene. There was a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, the cool kids were really popular around that time. Um, uh, but it was if you were underground, you weren't really getting any kind of traction nationally. Um, I'd say the big four, you know, Lupe, Kanye, Twista, and Common were the only hip hop artists that were really getting national coverage at the time. But there was all this great, you know things happening here locally. That the outside world didn't know about, so I just kind of saw a void there that nobody seemed to care, um, you know, outside of Chicago. So it was like, let me highlight this, and you know, now it's 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 changed so much to where it's one of the hottest markets in the United States, and you know, we got guys like Chance the Rapper being nominated for seven Grammys and having a Grammy nomination party, <laughs> which is like the first thing I've never seen that since I've been doing it. You know, we've never, as far as the local scene, had a you know a local guy. Get those kind of nominations and then come back and throw a party and invite everybody so you know it's 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 become quite the burgeoning scene and a lot of opportunity and a lot of people are making money now
3: so it's a cool thing i think for me by the time i got out of high school um i was sort of you know i mean high school to college my sentiments were those of your students where you know the only options that were available to me were new york la that were in the states and I traveled to both, and I sort of saw what the art scene or the art world was there. And, you know, there wasn't anything like it in Chicago. Where Chicago had, uh, it was sort of two defined art markets. It was sort of that high art market where, you know, you're priced out if you're the average Joe. And then it was the decorative art market where you know, I need this painting because it matches my couch or, you know, so um, but there was no sort of middle ground and I grew up in Chicago hip-hop culture and graffiti culture, so you know, it, it, it was a small little, you know, nest of us that were still doing it, but at the time, Mayor Daly had kind of boxed us all in because, you know, buying spray cans were, you know, still are illegal in, in, within, you know, the city limits. Most public art projects you know i mean they were scarce and it wasn't a lot of opportunity here but it wasn't until i graduated college and was sort of almost forced to be back in chicago where i just had to take a look at the art world as it existed you know within the midwest and it was it wasn't even a blip on the map and so i i kind of was really determined to i just figured you know everyone says you know if you can make it in new york you can make it anywhere Chicago being the city of hella haters, I figured <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you can make it in Chicago, you can really make it anywhere. And so for, for Chicago to not have a street art market or you know, sort of that secondary art market where you know, you had blossoming new artists come in, I just I wanted to try my hand at, you, know, sort of helping push that and, and push that forward to, to, to be as much of a voice for, you know, those that want to do it, you know, as I could, because again, I didn't feel like there was anything, really. I mean, it was still a lot of the homies that were just doing, you know, straight up old school graffiti, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there was no other side to that.
1: Right. And I think from a film standpoint, I mean, for me, I never really had like a next step after I came here. I I started, I I was going to Columbia, that was what brought me to Chicago, and um, I did that for a few semesters. But I think having kind of like grown up in this media environment where it was already starting to change to where you could make things on your own because of the sort of democratization of um, the tools to make art, to make film, and specifically to me, that I didn't put as much weight on geography, like the location that you do it at. It's really about um, how you're making your work and who you're making it with, and then you have a place to put it, you have a place to be seen, and that's the internet. And um, I think that was probably, like, the core thing, you know, having an outlet like a like a fake show drive or something like that that's going to send it beyond the confines of your city, you know. Yeah. So you kept me here.
0: So, Andrew, you said something really interesting, which is that you noticed a void. You noticed that, and I remember that time, like, where it was, like, there was Common, there was Kanye, there was Lupe, but it's like nobody was looking at, like, you know, who were the kids, like, way below that. And you, you, you know, like you said, you found a void, and then you created something around that. How important is that, and this is for everybody, like, how important is it to, instead of being like, I wanna be the next Hebrew, I wanna make the next fake short drive, like, talk about why it's
2: important to create something in your own lane and make something new. I mean, I, th- I think what they say is a, a good entrepreneur finds, you know, a hole and fixes it, or, or makes something better. And you don't always have to be the first person there, but if you do it the best and, you know, you work the hardest, then you will last. And if you create something that is different and has value and you're consistent and people trust your word and, you know, you're you're constantly reinventing yourself or bringing new content because, you know, I, I've seen the music business change over even a couple times since I started Fake Shore Drive, you know, to the point where even blogs are, you know, they're not... They're not as popular as they once were because you know streaming's the thing and people are going to social media more. So you just have to be watching it and you know you got to be five steps ahead and be able to kind of see the future, um, at least kind of be able to predict it to see what's going to be next because that's the way that you're going to stay in business and be successful. You know you can't just focus on one thing. You always got to be looking forward.
0: So again, you know, like looking at the Chicago scope of this, like what advantages because right now i think we're in a really great place culturally and artistically in chicago it's not to say there aren't problems but the culture and the art is really strong right now what advantages do entrepreneurs and students have in this city at this moment that they should be taking advantage of
3: i think chicago right now is in a renaissance you know i mean you 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 hear what andrew was saying when you talk about you know the within hip hop it was you know the common the kanye the twister but again now you have you know people like Austin myself Andrew where you know sort of each representing a, a part of that culture but people that stayed here to do it and are pushing the renaissance here forward you know i mean we have the biggest hip hop artist in the world right now you know and he's 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 chicago's very own and somebody's tried and true and you know stayed here for myself it's as important for me to stay here, you know, as anything, because this is sort of these are the streets that made me, these are the streets that sort of created my my, my my style and you know just my overall perspective in the art world. And I just feel like the game has changed so much because of the internet and because that you know things are so accessible now to where Chicago has this light being shined on it and you know everyone's waiting to see what we do, how we're doing it. And how we're moving, and then they're emulating. Whereas before, the, the culture tended to like sort of trickle inward from both coasts, and then you know we picked up on that. And now it's a thing where I think, you know, I mean, and again, it's it's not taking anything away from New York or LA or any other place, but I think that we've cast a big enough light, a big enough beam, to where people are paying attention to us, seeing how we do it, and they're emulating what we're what we're putting down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's like a certain confidence in this exact thing that we're talking about, the ability to stick around here and be creative because because now there's a precedent for it. Now there's sort of people who are actively doing it. And I think that that's a benefit because up to, up to this point, maybe it was like you didn't have those role models of people who were working in the industries that you wanted to work in and, and making it work here by whatever means necessary. And I think that... Seeing that now, I think that's, that hopefully is helpful. Um, well, the, yeah. I think,
3: like, so last night, this is not a humble brag, but so last night, you know, Chance had his Grammy party, um, and me standing in the room talking to Austin, and I'm looking around at all these amazing Chicago creatives, you know, mm-hmm. from various different fields. Something like that wouldn't have happened Five, ten years even ago, even like three years ago, I feel yeah. like, no. yeah, yeah, no, that didn't. No. And, but again, it just goes to show you how the culture is being sort of nurtured here, where the the paradigm or or or, or, or the, the the way that things were, you know, before it, it it dictated that you had to leave here to do it. Now there's enough of us staying to where, you know, when when I when I lived here a long time ago, I felt like I was the only one. I felt like a man on an island. I had you know, my contemporaries, but few, they all left. The ones that stayed, kind of stayed in a a soft, you know, in their safe bubble, but there wasn't much else. There wasn't, you know, I couldn't go to the north side and know that there was a kid over there that was kind of on the same thing I was on. So I think now you have all these people that are staying in Chicago and they know one another and it's a community and I think that's how it should be. And, And, you know, community, Everyone's sort of nurturing everyone's, you know, a, a creative's abilities, and you know we're we're all rocking for each other, and, and I think that's how it should be, as opposed to like, man, I ain't messing with dude. He, you know, blah blah blah. But it's 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 all, you know, sort of this very like insular thing. Where, again, we're all together for these big moments and these things, and we we can commend one another, see how one another's doing, what we're doing, and you know how we can sort of help move. That person up a bit, or this person, and just help push the culture forward. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, going off that, he were really, like, you know, and again, this is for everybody the, the spirit of collaboration I feel like is really strong in Chicago right now. And, and kind of building off what you're saying, why is that important, and how can anyone in the room, anyone listening to this later, like if they're an entrepreneur, a young creative, a student, how can they tap into that spirit of collaboration? How do you get started in that community?
2: I mean, we've, we've all, three of us have worked together on numerous things over the years. And I think we are a lot, you know, when you work in the creative space, you have a lot more similarities and you have differences, where you might look at us like the three of us may not work together, but music has brought us all together in different ways to do different things. I mean, I've been a good friend of Hebrews for, you know, five, six years now, and I've, I've known Austin for the past, you know, three or four years. And we've all worked together on things, and we're, we're going to continue to do that. I think
3: Oh, sorry, bro. I, I, again, I think that, <laughs> you know, when you're younger and you're still trying to figure your place or your role, when you're trying to figure out what your niche is or, you know, where you're best at, I think it's harder sometimes to to, to have that collaborative spirit or that, that mind state because, you know, this person over here is a self-proclaimed director and then his boy is a self-proclaimed director. But, you know, I think that what's most important is that when, when, when a person can humble themselves, take their ego out, and and play to their strengths, you know, that way, again, you build that team and that collaboration, you allow for it to happen, and you allow for great things to happen, as opposed to, you know, I'm gonna go do this, I'm doing the same thing, you know, and then we're bumping our heads in both ways, where, you know, a, a, a fist is a lot stronger than an open hand, and, you know, if you can learn... Those strengths early, and and respect your friend's abilities, or you know your 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 contemporaries' abilities. I think that's where the spirit of collaboration can happen at a lot, you know, a lot sooner.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it. I mean, it's kind of sappy, but friendship is kind of like a big part of it for me. From in my experience, I think. I mean, like I would consider these guys friends, and that makes working with them um, a positive thing. And then also people who are in my field too. Like I, I like to. Admire and uplift the people who are my contemporaries and the stuff that they do because um, I think that that's when competition is good. When I think that they're making stuff that's of a quality that makes me want to make something better, I think that's important. Um, so it's yeah, it's really about building up your community and and not trying to like I don't know throw barbs at people like just because yeah. they're doing well, which I think is a is a symptom or, or a or a a problem for a lot of people
0: something else that I think can be intimidating especially if you are a student if you're kind of at the beginning of your creative journey is getting started if you look at somebody like like any of you whether it's like man Austin Vesely has a film coming out you know with a major indie studio or like Chance the Rapper has seven Grammy nominations like that might seem unattainable now so if you're at the beginning of your journey you're a student whatever like how do you get over that intimidation of just getting started or like maybe not knowing what the first
2: step is. Right, I mean, if you wanna be um, a creative and own your own business and you know, be your own company or whatever, you, you gotta just get, you can't be scared. And as hard as it is to jump out of your shell and step out and walk away from, cause that's what I had, I mean, I had a, a really good job with a you know, 401k and benefits and health insurance and um, you know the, the more grounded people in my life were all like, don't walk away from that, are you crazy? Like, are you, you know, but I, I believed in myself and, you know, my wife believed in me and they pushed me to do it. So, you know, I thank thank God I did, but it's just getting over that initial hump of fear that I'm going to fail, that I will not be successful, that it's not going to work. Are people going to laugh at me or whatever, you know, whatever your fear is of what you're doing, you just got to overcome that and you got to do it. And if you fail, you gotta get back up. I mean, it's all about how you get back up because you're gonna fail. You're gonna take a bunch of losses. You're gonna lose money. Um, you're gonna be told no a lot more times than you're told yes. Um, but it's, it's all about how you bounce back. I mean, that, that's, that's what, to me, it's, it's you know, are you, are you willing to fight? Do you really wanna do this? Are you gonna wake up before everybody else and stay there later to get it done? And the people that I've seen that do that are the most successful people I know. The other people that are just kind of like ah, uh, they're still in the same position they were ten years ago. So, you know, you gotta you gotta work like it's your last day, and you want it
3: more than anything. It's it's about failing your way to success. You know, whether you have those people in your corner that are you know championing for you to make it and you to step out on that ledge and just jump or free fall, or if you don't, you know, it's it's knowing that within your being what you're doing is right for you, no one else can tell you that. And I think that, you know, before all of that though, instead of just saying, yeah, this is a cool idea, this is what I wanna do, I wanna be this, I wanna be an entrepreneur, I wanna do this, have a semblance of a plan. You know, you can't just completely step out on faith and then, you know, the next day after you quit your job, like, uh, what's step one? Have a plan. You know, have, have, have something, you know, something structured. One of the greatest artists I know, um, one of my favorite artists. He was a. Uh, he now runs DC Comics, and for him, you know, he, he started out. I mean, he was on the path to being a doctor. You know, that sort of life, and for him, you know, that wasn't his wave, and that's not what he wanted to do. So he started every morning. He, you know, to act as if, to act as if. He already had that job that he wanted, so he got up every morning. He didn't sleep until you know one, two o'clock. He got up every morning, got himself dressed, went and sat at his desk, and drew comic book pages until he got that job six months later. And I mean, now fast forward, you know, fifteen, twenty years, he's running the company he wanted to work for. But for me, that was always the way. It was like I was working like a Jamaican. Any Jamaicans in here? No disrespect, but. <laughs> I mean, I never wanted to work for anybody. I knew I was a bad employee. I knew that. (laughs) Like, if you gave me some rope, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to take more of it. I'm going to slack off. You know, I'm going to do half of my job just not to get fired. But I was a bad employee, and I always just wanted to do exactly what I'm doing, is wake up every morning and make cool shit. And, you know, in knowing that, there was still a process to get there. So, you know, I worked... daytime nighttime hours you know for people just to have money to pay bills and so forth but even after working at a nightclub until 3 a.m in the morning and driving an hour out to you know where I was residing at the time having sort of the 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 mindset that I had to still keep going and working until 7 8 a.m in the morning just busting my ass on these paintings and and you know, even if no one ever saw those paintings or I never sold those paintings, for me it was just about sharpening my blade, sharpening my tools, sharpening my skill set, and getting myself to a point where once I do pull the rip cord and I do exit from this life, then I'll be ready, you know, to jump out on faith. And I'm, I'm developing my plan. But I tell people all the time, you know, the biggest thing and the mark of someone that's successful is the person that can sacrifice, kick it. You know, Kick It, he's a wicked devil. He's a monster. Because Kick It is like, you know, your boy will hit you. You might be working on something. And Kick It's like, man, yo, we're going to do this. Kick It sounds like a lot of fun. You know what? (laughs) I'll put this to the side. I can come back to it. It's no big deal. But it's sacrificing that. I can't tell you how many times my roommates post-college go out. I'd be sitting at my desk working on something or sitting at a painting working on something. I'd, I'd, I'd have to sacrifice and they would come back i'd still be in the same position and they're recanting tales of the night and i'm like damn that just oh my i can't believe i missed that but at the same time it's well worth it now because you know my kick it is different from their kick it you know <laughs> so, so but again it's 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 that amount of sacrifice and you know there's no like particular recipe to it honestly it's 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 a lot of hard freaking work It's putting in the hours. When you're tired, it's going past being tired, it's going to be exhausted. You know, and then it's waking up, being exhausted, only having two hours of sleep, and continuing to do that thing and knock that thing out because whether it's do or not, just being ahead of it. You know, and getting yourself to a point where that becomes your routine. You sleep on Sunday. You yeah, know? but then when you start getting there, that's not the time to slack off. No, when absolutely When you start not. getting closer to your destination, you gotta go harder. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, oh man, yeah, I sold three paintings, man. Yeah, I'm gonna chill out. No, 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 no. You go harder. You go harder. You put yourself ahead of where you want to be. and And, and I guarantee you, you know, from that, it's almost like <clears throat> you find your flow. And once you're into that flow and you're into that space, it just becomes—it's like breathing. It's become second nature, you know. I can't go a week without drawing. I can't even go a day without drawing something. It's just—I'm I'm a crabby, moody bastard, you know. If, if I don't—if I don't do anything artistic or creative in a day, I'm not a pleasant person. But I've just become conditioned to that. I—I I, I yearn for that, you know. And again putting yourself in that space where you're constantly doing and it becomes habitual, you know, that's, that's, I don't know if those are the keys, major keys or minor keys, but, you know.
1: <laughs> I've got to take note to not follow you <laughs> in answering these questions from now on. <laughs> uh, I'd say if it's fear holding you back, I mean, just like, don't be scared, bud. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Write that one down. You that's the truth. Take that to the bank um no just i mean i think when you're starting you just gotta like let go of that type of thing and 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 make things and make them for your own benefit because you're gonna learn from making stuff and um don't like let criticism break you down but also like don't take everybody's criticism all the time either like definitely trust um your own instincts and and know and and like you said have a plan have your goal in mind a goal that you can always say like did the thing I just did or that I'm about to do does it contribute in some way to getting closer to that goal um and it is hard at times um and there are things to be scared of I think so getting over the fear isn't that easy like I mean you know when I was making the music video Sunday Candy I was like sleeping on someone else's couch and like collecting quarters to take to the bank to get uh, cash to go to buy, like, McDoubles, you know, so it's not always sweet to be an artist, but um, I think it's super worthwhile when you end up, when you walk out of that, like, oh, cool, I have this really great music video now, and that's going to present new new opportunities, and maybe I won't be pulling change out of the couch cushions soon. Yeah, <laughs> the dream.
0: Um, so uh, on that note, and this was going to be my next question anyway, which is, again, especially when I'm talking to students and I think people at the beginning of of their journey, like, I think money and funding, those can be big obstacles. How do you work around that when you don't have, like, you know, whether it's like a Red Bull or, or, you know, a Patreon or whatever it is, like, if the money's not coming in yet, like, you can't just be like, well, I guess I can't do it, right? Like, how do you move past that and still create and move forward? It's easy.
2: You just get a job. There is that. Like, I don't know. The thing that I tell people, people are too proud to, to get a job. Like, if you were a rapper, like, I can't work a real job. But no, you, you have to have income. You know, work, it teaches you a good work ethic. So you know you have to be somewhere at, you know, 830 and you have to be out of there by 5. And then you have, it, it teaches you time okay. management and accountability and things like that. I, I never knock anybody that, that, that does that. I don't look down upon, and it's not like I would not post an artist that also works a nine to five or works at a grocery store or something. Whatever, whatever you gotta do
1: to make ends meet, do it. And, you know, don't be too proud. And on the funding side of things, like for your work, to me, I've always considered constraints to be the, like the mother of, of invention. Like, if you're limited in what you have resource-wise, I think it forces you to be more creative to make more um, interesting work, because you never know You know, I mean, you could have all the equipment and all the cool stuff in the world, and then you end up making Batman versus Superman, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's the variety headline
0: tomorrow. Slice director slams.
1: I'm beefing. It's going
0: viral. Uh, We're going to do a couple more questions, and we'll open it up to Q&A in case anyone... I can't imagine there's any questions that anyone has here, right? So... What are some common mistakes that you see, you know, artists, entrepreneurs, creatives, all these kind of people make, especially at the beginning? Like, what do they need to avoid? What do they need to stop
2: doing that they think is a good look and it's really not? Lack of follow through, um, bad management, bad people around them, um, yes men, moochers, um, you know, people that are around that aren't contributing to the, to the situation and then just, you know, flat out being too cool. You know, you, sometimes you got to turn your cool down and and put the work in.
1: Yeah. I'm not much of like a strategist, but I can speak to like vibes. And I think that like hubris, like, you know, like there's a degree of humility. I think you have to have if you want to be able to have people support you. And I mean, that's, that's, a big part of what being an artist is—it's kind of like solipsistic. If you just make things for your own, for your own good forever, like at some point you gotta start that way. But um, I think there needs to be a level of humility in what you do, and some people don't um, appreciate that. I think.
3: What they said.
1: <laughs> yeah. Once a
0: creative has, you know, once you've started getting that traction, it's gonna be kind of a two-part. Like, but once you've started getting some traction, like. Your, you know, your photos are starting to get some recognition or the videos you're making or whatever it is, right? Like, you start having something happen. A, how do you keep that going? How do you do the promotion? How do you like, I think so many people are just focused on like, dude, I gotta get into this, I gotta get started. But then, lightning strikes and you're there. Like, how
2: do you make it last? Because each of you have had some longevity now. Well, I would say, if somebody hires me to do something and they ask me for five, I'm gonna bring back 10. I'm going to bring back 10 every time. Sometimes I might bring back 20. I'm going to always over-deliver for what you asked me for. And I will be early. I will be the la- I'll be the first person there and the last one to leave. And I'll always bring more to the table than it uh, um, was
1: expected to. Go ahead. <laughs> he, he just teed you up. Go. I think that's, that's some version of that would be also my answer. I mean, the idea that you want to keep just improving your own work... Um, You know. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just wanna keep 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 working harder. I mean it's like if you get a little bit of success, don't just like live in that. Like it is a little bit of success, no matter how it feels at the time. Like appreciate it, love it, but like (laughs) it's not gonna last that long. You don't wanna be like Uncle Rico throwing the stake over the mountain or whatever, you know what I mean? You don't wanna do
2: that. Napoleon dynamite (laughs) reference, I'm sorry, my bad. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. You guys know Uncle Rico, man. You know a lot of Uncle Ricos. God damn it, you know Uncle Rico's out there.
3: He watches like one movie every five years, so (laughs) (laughs) that's why his references are a little outdated.
0: You got me. And on the same note, like once you've started getting some traction going, like you're based in Chicago, how do you break that out while still living here? You know, if you're not taking these meetings every day in New York and LA, how do you start to make an impression outside of this city and some of the other markets?
3: I think for, for both of these guys, it's a little different, um, you know, so, I mean, for Austin obviously his work, you know, you, you throw it certain spaces, it travels, you know, around the globe. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it, it it is definitely about stepping outside of the, you know, your, your market or your comfort zone. I can't always do everything in Chicago as much as I would love to. but it's not, it's too easy and it's, you know, it's not a challenge. And you know, again, there are other markets that exist outside. I, just, I think that you know, it's all about sort of tying it back home as much as you possibly can. But you, know, you gotta take opportunity where, where it exists.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was like, I think it was a year ago today, I went to Los Angeles to have my initial meeting with A24, who ended up buying my movie. And But the next day, I flew my ass right back to Chicago. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm back here, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to go and expand and go and see what's out there and, you know, shake the hands and stuff like that. But I think that um, if you have the infrastructure and the community in place in Chicago to make the things that you want to make, how you want to make them, then it doesn't require you to have to skip town um, for good, I don't think. You know, I think there's a big advantage
2: to being in a market like Chicago, as opposed to being in New York or L.A. Um, When I started, everybody told me that I was going to fail. It would never last. People don't care about the Midwest. It's flyover states. Chicago, nobody really cares that much. you got to be in New York or L.A. to make it in the music business. But that's not true. Because what I've learned is most of the people that work in the music business are lazy. They want you to do everything, and they just want to try to jump on it and you know put a little gasoline on it to add momentum so if you prove that you can build something and you have built something they'll want to jump on that all day so if you build something that's worth it and they see wow this person's coming out of this this person made it out of here they're doing these type of events they're working with these clients and they don't need us they're going to want to jump in and get involved all day and so you can be the big dog in Chicago instead of trying to go to L.A. And, and, you know, be in that rat race where you're just another face, you're just another name. Like, you can carve out a niche for yourself, and that's what I encourage, you know, all of the young creatives. or any, It doesn't matter how old you are. Start here, build it, keep it here, and fight. And if you build it, people will come to it, I promise you.
0: Yeah. Uh, f- And final question, and building off that, and we're going to open up to some Q&A here, but what do, you, what do each of you think it means to be, you know, a creative and artist, uh, you know, industry in Chicago right now with the moment that we're having in this city? What makes that great? What's the best
1: part of that? To me, it's just the community, honestly. It really is. I mean, I, I really am, like Hebrew was saying, I mean, to be at that party last night for something that was so um, monumental, um, the Grammy thing, um, And just to be able to look around and see a lot of people who I don't necessarily work with all the time, um, but totally would, but they're all there, and they're all friends, and we're all, like, sharing in this moment because we feel like we're all a part of it, and I think that's the greatest thing that Chicago has going for it right now in my eyes is that it's a positive sphere for all of us to, like, work in and succeed in and be proud of each other. It's definitely community. Um, I mean, it's growing, and,
3: you know, there's a lot of us coming in that you know, want to foster that growth and continue it. And I think that sort of like what Andrew said, you know, where you can, you have a a, a better chance or a greater ability to start, you know, a, a fire here and, and then opposed to going someplace else and being an unknown, you know, and it, it, Chicago's a huge city. You know, Chicago's a huge market. Uh, third biggest, right? So, Judge. Third biggest. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but... but you know, it, it again. The opportunity is here. Um, I think that it, it, we have sort of a uniqueness, you know, in our approach to, you know, the creative world. And you know, coming from here means it's it, it's really beginning to mean so much more than you know what it what it used to. Go
2: yeah, yeah. You really uh, already answered that one. Um,
0: we're gonna open up to Q and A in a moment, but we're wrapping up the recording portion of this, so. First off, huge, huge applause for Austin Vesley, Hebrew Brantley, and Andrew Barber on Fake Tour Drive. You guys killed it and this panel was everything I was hoping for and more. Uh, Shout out Michael Wing from Future Factory running the digital live stream. And Chicago Athletic Association for hosting us here and being an incredible host and venue and partner all year long. All right, we're going to open up to Q&A. My name is Haima Black with Dynasty Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Round of applause for Haima Black from
1: Dynasty Podcast. You've been listening to a production of
0: Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.